0: Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 8. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 8. Section 14 biographical note on Giusu carducci by frank sewell rarely in the history of ancient or modern literature has a writer while living been so generally recognized by his countrymen as their national prophet as has the italian poet and essayist carducci in january eighteen ninety six he completed his thirty-fifth year as professor of Bellat in the university of bologna and the solemn and brilliant festivities with which the event was celebrated extending over three days and including congratulatory addresses from the king from the municipality from the students and graduates from foreign universities and from distinguished scholars at home and abroad testified to the remarkable hold this poet has gained on the affections and esteem of the italian people and the deep impress his writing has made on the literature of our time. Born in northern Italy in the year 1836, and entering upon his literary career at a time coincident with the downfall of foreign power in Tuscany, the history of his authorship is a fair reflection of the growth of the new Italy of today. In an autobiographical sketch with which he prefaces his volume of Poesy, 1871, he depicts with the utmost sincerity and frankness the transition through which his own mind has passed in breaking from the old traditions in which he had been nursed at his mother's knee and in meeting the dazzling radiance of modern thought and feeling the thrill of national liberty and independence no longer a glory dreamed of as by alfieri nor sung in tones of despair as by leopardi but as a living experience of his own time he felt the awakening to be at once a literary political and religious one and following his deep hellenic instincts the religious rebound in him was rather to the paganism of the ancient latin forefathers than to the spiritual worship that had come in with the infusion of foreign blood this paganism he says this cult of form was naught else but the love of that noble nature from which the solitary semitic estrangements had alienated hitherto the spirit of man in such bitter opposition my sentiment of opposition at first feebly defined thus became confirmed conceit reason affirmation the hymn to apollo became the hymn to satan oh the beautiful years from eighteen sixty one to eighteen sixty five passed in peaceful solitude and quiet study in the midst of a home where the venerable mother instead of fostering superstition taught us to read alfieri but as i read the codices of the fourteenth century the ideas of the renaissance began to appear to me in the gilded initial letters like the eyes of nymphs in the midst of flowers and between the lines of the spiritual laud i detected the satanic strafe so long had italy lived in passive dependence on the fame of her great writers of the times of augustus and of the medici and in the apathy of a long-abandoned hope of political independence and achievement, that it required a man of powerful instinct and genius to rouse the people to a sense of their actual possession of a national life, and of a literature that is not alone of the past, and so to throw off both the livery of the slave and the mask of the courtesan. Such was the mission of Carducci, as Howells, in his modern Italian poet's Remarks of Leopardi, he seems to have been the poet of the national mood he was the final expression of that hopeless apathy in which italy lay bound for thirty years after the fall of napoleon and his governments so it may be said of carducci that in him speaks the hope and joy of a nation waking to new life and recalling her past glories no longer with shame but a purpose to prove herself worthy of such a heritage a distinguished literary contemporary enrico panzacchi says of carducci i believe that i do not exaggerate the importance of carducci when i say that to him and to his perseverance and steadfast work we owe in great part the poetic revival in italy cesar lombroso in the paris revue de revue says among the stars of first magnitude shines one of greatest brilliance carducci the true representative of italian literary genius the poem that first attracted attention and caused no little flutter of ecclesiastical gowns was the hymn to satan which appeared in eighteen sixty five in pistoia over the signature enotrio romajo and bore the date twenty six eighteen from the foundation of rome it is not indeed the sacrilegious invective that might be imagined from the title but rather a hymn to science and to free thought liberated from the ancient thraldom of dogma and superstition it reveals the strong hellenic instinct which still survives in the italian people beneath the superimposed christianity and which here as in many other of carducci's poems stands out in bold contrast with the subjective and spiritual elements in religion it is this struggle of the pagan against the christian instinct that accounts for the commingled sentiment of awe and of rebellion with which carducci contemplates his great master dante for while he must revere him as the founder of italian letters and the immortal poet of his race he cannot but see both in the spirituality of dante's conception of the church and in his absolute loyalty to the empire motives a wholly foreign to the ancient national instinct referring again to his transition years he writes meanwhile the shadow of dante looked down reproachfully upon me but i might have answered father and master why didst thou bring learning from the cloister to the piazza from the latin to the vulgar tongue thou first o great public accuser of the middle ages gavest the signal for the rebound of thought that the alarm was sounded from the bells of a gothic campanile mattered but little Without a formal coronation, Carducci may be regarded as the actual poet laureate of Italy. He is still, at sixty years of age, an active and hard-working professor at the University of Bologna, where his popularity with his students in the lecture-room is equal to that which his writings have gained throughout the land a favorite with the court, and often invited to lecture before the queen, he is still a man of great simplicity, even to roughness, of manners, and of a genial and cordial nature. Not only do the Italians with one voice call him their greatest author, but many both in Italy and elsewhere are fain to consider him the foremost living poet in Europe the citations here given have been selected as illustrating the prominent features of carducci's genius his joy in mental emancipation from the thraldom of dogma and superstition is seen in the roma and in the hymn to satan his paganism and his cult of form as also his homeric power of description and of colour are seen in the ox and in Two Aurora. His veneration for the great masters finds expression in the sonnets to Homer and Dante, and the revulsion of the pagan before the spiritual religious feeling is shown in the lines, In a Gothic Church, and in the sonnet, Dante. The poems of Carducci have appeared for the most part in the following editions only Poesy, embracing the Juvenilia, Levia Gravia, and the Decennali. Nuovo Poesi, Odi Nuovi Rime. Zanichelli in Bologna publishes a complete edition of his writings. His critical essays have appeared generally in the Nuova Antologia, and embrace among the more recent a history and discussion of Tasso's Aminta and the ancient pastoral poetry, a preface to the translation by San Felice of Shelley's Prometheus, the Torismondo of Tasso, Italian life in the fifteenth century, etc. Eight odes of Carducci have been translated into Latin by Adolfo Gandiglio of Ravenna, and published by Calderini of that city in 1894. End of section 14